We glorify you, Jesus Christ. And we welcome you and glorify you, Holy Spirit. Three in one. We have God our Father. He's in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven. We have Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And we have Holy Spirit, God in us. God in heaven, God with us, God in us. We worship you. We love you. We welcome you. Have your way with us tonight. Have your way in this meeting. In every word that's uttered, every prayer that's prayed, every thought that's thought, every movement in our spirit, we thank you, you have your way. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do tonight. Sight restored, hearing restored, shackles coming off, hope restored, truth restored. You are the great physician. You are worthy of all our praise and all our worship. We bow before you. Thank you, you meet every single one where they're at. Every single one, wherever they're at, you meet them there tonight. Hallelujah. We can come as we are. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Awesome. Welcome, everyone. If you're, um, if you're here joining us for your first or your second time or you're a guest, a special welcome to you to He Sent His Word Ministries. Um, we're family and you're welcome to our family. And I'll, I'll step here, it'll work. So, um, in just a moment. So, I love hearing from Pastor Tony because we get sharpened, we get enlightened. And uh, before we invite him up, I just want us to um, to honour him and um, and Pastor Rabs as well. So can you give our pastors just a, a round of applause? But the Bible says those who teach the word are worthy of double honour, and our pastors um, are certainly worthy of that 
and so much more. But uh, the kids have left us. If you're a parent and you're not sure what's going on, the kids go upstairs. So feel free to check them in there. And don't forget, as soon as the service is over, just go and collect them. Um, otherwise, docs will. <laughs> All right, we're in for a good night. And um, just before Pastor Tony comes up, why don't you turn your eyes to the screen? It was seven weeks after Jesus the Messiah was crucified and rose from the grave. Forty days he stayed with us, teaching us about God's kingdom, preparing us for what was to come. We watched as he ascended into heaven. Now we would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. But we would not be alone, for soon he said a gift was coming. The Spirit of God would make his home in our hearts, bringing wisdom, power, and love. Then, as we were gathered on the day of Pentecost, suddenly we heard a sound like the rushing wind. Out of nowhere appeared tongues of fire descending on each of us. It was incredible to behold. We were filled with the Holy Spirit. God was preparing us because the city was filled with devout men from every nation under heaven. They gathered to hear us preach because each man could understand us in his own language and they were amazed. By the power of the Spirit, we were able to tell them the good news about Jesus Christ in their native tongues. That day, 3,000 of them repented and were baptized. None of us had ever done anything like it in our lives. The Holy Spirit is God's free gift for all who come to believe in Him. You too, by the power of the Spirit, can accomplish great things that you would never imagine yourself capable of. In the Spirit, we have hope, light, comfort, peace, love, and life. My friend, don't let this powerful gift remain dormant in your life. Listen to it, learn from it, and step out in faith. Can you hear me now? Yeah. I never get this right. It's only been five years, but I never get this right. Welcome. All good? Yeah. Who's excited? Yeah. Well, how do you know you're excited? How do you know what I'm going to share on? I'm excited. If there's a topic I love to talk about, is the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you've heard me say this before. Anything that God has given me through my life, whether it, other than my salvation... Other than being saved and washed by the blood. No gift of healing that's come upon me. No gift of provision that's come upon me. No gift of a miracle is more exciting than the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When God decides to inhabit His people. See, the Old Testament talks about God in the temple. And we must go and worship Him in the temple. People have been striving for, from day one to... Seek God, to find God, to know God. How do I please God? And if you've been in these circles for a while, you know a lot of the different avenues that we try. We, 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 we come out of different backgrounds. We're taught different ideologies and different worldviews. And, and sometimes we can bring our worldview from the outside and bring it into the Scripture. But we need to get the Scripture and pull it out into us. See, Bible is true, Amen. 
But the Bible in the wrong hands is dangerous. Most cults that start, start with a scripture. Some start right. They, they, they've had an encounter with the Lord and without any maturity and wisdom and knowledge, they end up starting their own type of uh, faith. And then the enemy gets in and then it's distorted and people are destroyed. The Bible says my people are destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. So knowing who Jesus is, knowing about who the Lord is, knowing about the Bible, but knowing who Jesus is. See, I, I can know about you, but I don't know you. When I met my wife, I knew about her. She knew a lot about me. Thank God there wasn't Google back in those days. <laughs> and Wikipedia. Because and... I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> you know what's funny when you say that? You know, all your life flashes before your eyes. Like, well, I shouldn't even be up here. <laughs> but thank God for his blood, amen? Come on, the blood. You're not saved because of your good deeds. You're saved because of his mercy. We accept that mercy of God, Amen. So tonight, I want to share in the time I have, I've got too much, so I'm not going to go through it all, but my, my message for the last couple of weeks has been one fire but many flames. And tonight, we're going to, the subtitle is Tongues of Fire. If there's any subject in the body of Christ you want to have a punch on with, it's about this. <laughs> if there's anything that you want to dissect the church, bring this up. If there's any, if there's not, Millions of YouTube clips about for and against this on, in, in the internet and everyone's got an opinion on it. But tonight I want to stand here before you and say that I'm right. <laughs> and if you don't think I'm right, let's have a coffee after we'll discuss it. But if you don't think I'm right, I'm going to buy you water, not coffee. I'm joking. I'm not right. But the word of God's right. So I'm going to share a few things tonight about that. That little video clip just summarizes the day of Pentecost. Where in Acts chapter 2, we'll just quickly read it. And I just want to, I felt in my heart to, sh to get a couple of people to share quick testimonies about how they got touched by the Holy Spirit. Um, which way do we go with this? I, I don't want to turn this into what they say and what I say. I want to know what the Bible says. So I want to just show a few examples and then we're going to go into the reason why I believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is for today. And why it's so important that we need it for our walk and our daily walk before the Lord. I'm not saying if you don't speak in tongues, you're not going to heaven. That's a lie. I'm not saying you need tongues to go to heaven. That's a lie. What I am saying is if God's willing to give you a gift and he poured it out after the cross, why wouldn't you receive it? I had a guy challenging me once. And said to me, oh, you've walked away from the traditional church. And he said that you've walked away from the traditional church and now you're running your own race and you know, you're, you're, you're deceived and you've got to go back to the tradition of the church. I said, beautiful. Let's open the Bible and let's see what the traditional church did. Because, yeah, never read the Bible, so I knew that, but I just wanted to be nice. I said, well, I want to go back to what the first Pope said. He looked at me funny because he knew I was setting him up by now. I want to go back to what the first pope said and what the first pope received. Peter, the first pope. And I want to go back to what the mother of our Lord Jesus, Mary, the Virgin Mary did. So I took him back to Pentecost when they got filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues. He fell off his chair. 
So if you want to go back to the traditions of the church, let's not go back 100 years or 200 years. or Let's go back to the essence of what the Bible says, because that's the tradition of the church. Let's follow what the Word of God says before we start making... Any church that preaches the gospel, I'm your brother and sister. Amen? Don't care how you dress, why you do it, how you do it, but as long as the gospel's preached. Paul says, many preach the gospel out of their ego. But I don't care how they do it, as long as the gospel's preached. Who knows that someone up here can be sharing the word, you get saved, and they can be going to hell. You're still going to heaven. Because it's not about what I say, it's about what the word of God says. So tonight I want to share, and hope some of you guys get this and get empowered, because I got touched by the Holy Spirit 21 years ago. I don't think I'll be standing here without him. I could be saved going to heaven, barely, but I could be. But I wouldn't be doing this without the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know people have mucked it up. People have uh, distorted it. People have abused it. People have taken truth and turned it into a circus. And then we say, well, but you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Does anyone know what that means? Throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Of course not. We're all Arabs. All right. How can I say it in a, in a, in a walkway? There's no such thing, all right? We just throw the baby. In other words, when you wash a baby and the water's dirty, you say, that water's no good, it's dirty. You don't throw the water out with the baby in the bath, do you? You take the baby out and you throw the water out. <sighs> Forget it. <laughs> I grew up like an Aussie, sorry. So the day of Pentecost came and it was come. Now, the pen penta means 50. The Pentecost was the feast they had 50 days after the Passover. And it was called the Feast of Weeks, or the Weeks of the First Fruit. So that time of season in Israel, in the Middle East, all the harvest is coming, and people that had farms and had uh, orchards and had um, uh, growing crops would bring their first fruit to the temple. So they'd have the Passover feast, they'd have the Feast of Unleavened Bread, then they'd have the, the Feast of Pentecost, which is more of a celebration. And they would bring their first fruits to the temple. So whatever you did in work, whatever job, whatever industry, whatever, you bring the first fruits to God because that was the beginning of the harvest season. So you give the first fruits to God and celebrate God. Why? Because he gave you all things anyway. So on the day of Pentecost, there was all people from all around the world there celebrating this. But on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that all the disciples, and there's about 120 of them. We'll read it. Let's read it before I talk about it. So all in one accord, not a Honda accord, it was all in together in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to be them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them to utterance. So we know what happened. We saw the video. Yeah, I'm not going to go back into... Luke, where he breathed on the Holy Spirit. That's a teaching for another day. I've taught this many times here. But I want to show you a few examples. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. I'm a picture guy. I love seeing pictures. When I say what I mean by that, I, I'm a, I like to visualize things. I like to see, like that video. I, um, that's how the Lord speaks to me. Picture form. I like to see, read the scripture and then... I see a whole picture of what's going on. Some people are visual, some people like to read, some people like to hear. Everyone's different. So I'm not a theologian. Better people than me have argued with me. And the Holy Spirit's always one. But um, 
<laughs> but what I'm saying is, there's a, there's a danger to, how can I say this? There's a danger to bring your worldview to the table. Meaning, I come out of a certain background. I, my, one of my old mentors came out of a church that spoke, not, they didn't not believe in it. Like some people just don't know about it, never heard about it. Their church never taught on it. They have no opinion on it. They just don't know. But some people teach against it. They have seminars against it. They teach it that how demon-possessed we are. And I said to, I said to this in Brazil, when I got spirit-filled, people said to me, you're demon-possessed. I go, cuz, I was worshipping, I was serving the devil. I never spoke in tongues once. <laughs> now I come to Christ and he set me free. Now I'm a devil worshipper. Anyway, so it's dangerous to come in and that. So I look at it from a theological point of view, although I'm not a theologian, from it I can barely read. But I look at it in pictures. Is it in the Bible more than once? Now, you might have a scripture that's been mentioned once. It's holy. It's there for a reason. But when you see something repeatedly in the Bible, you must ask yourself a question. This happened rapidly or repeatedly in the Bible. There's, a, there's something behind this. True? Just simple, just simple, just simple. So, <laughs> Acts 10.44 this is where Peter was sleeping on the rooftop. He has a trance and a sheet comes down with unclean animals and the Bible says, eat, kill and eat. I don't know anything unclean touched these lips. Three times that happened. At the same time, there's a man named Cornelius. He's a Roman centurion. He's a Roman in the regiment of a Roman guard, a commander in the army. He loved God. He gave arms to God. He, he worshipped God. He did everything. And the angel appears and says, listen, I'm going to send you one named Peter. He's going to teach you the way to salvation. Isn't that enough to tell you that your good deeds still, still don't get you to heaven? Even though I've never had an angel visit me and tell me you're a good bloke. But he says, you're a top bloke, Cornelius. But you need to know the way to salvation. In other words, no matter how much you worship the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, you need to worship the son of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of him. And Peter comes, and this is where we're up to now. Peter's teaching him the gospel. Peter realizes that dream wasn't about eating unclean food. It was about that the Gentiles were considered unclean. Me, you and I, if you're not a Jew, are unclean. We're like dogs. And a Jew never ate with a Gentile, never sat with a Gentile, especially. Now, Peter realizes this and he goes, because they're spirit-filled now, Peter, the disciples. They saw Jesus rose from the dead. They get filled with the Holy Spirit. They're preaching the gospel and they still think it's just for them and not one for anyone else. And now, Peter takes a couple of his mates and goes down to see Cornelius. And we pick it up from verse 44. And it says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word, and those who were circumcised, who believed, were astonished, as as many came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. So when they mean the circumcised, they're talking about Jews. And the two, whatever, people were with Peter were astonished that these Gentile dogs received the Holy Spirit that we received. Sorry, for, I'm just trying to make an analogy there. That's how, that's what, that's how they thought. All right, I'm not calling you dogs, all right? Really, right. Don't write bad letters, never come back. I'm just trying to see how their mindset work. <laughs> You've got to remember these Jews have been circumcised, kept the law, been to the temple. Now the Messiah comes, they believed in the Messiah, saw him get killed, saw him get crucified and, and buried and rise again. And so this Holy Spirit is astonishing, it's for us. And then these Gentiles who haven't been circumcised, who eat pork, who eat ham and pineapple pizzas, and they've received it now. But they said the Holy Spirit fell on them. But how did they know they had received the Holy Spirit? 
Look at the next verse. 46. Today. For they heard them speak with and magnify God. So the evidence was that they were filled with the Holy Spirit as Peter was preaching the gospel. And then they were filled and they heard him speaking with tongues. So the evidence of the overflow is speaking with tongues. And then we know they got baptized and all that. Let's go to Acts, chapter, uh, Acts 19. Showing you a picture. I'm a picture person, so that's happened once, that's happened twice. Every time they got filled, they spoke in tongues. Okay, some people argue Pentecost was a language for the Jews at that time to hear what they got to say so they can worship God. Okay, I'll give you that much. Second one, Cornelius spoke in tongues. What's he, who's he speaking to? Peter? Let's go. They had gone, gone been preaching. I think this was in Ephesus. And when they had heard this, were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, oh, sorry, I've gone too far. Can we go back to verse 1? Sorry, I jumped the gun. You don't have to, actually, I'll explain it. Or have you got it? Beautiful. And it happened while Apollos and Cor was at Corinth that Paul had been passing through the upper regions of Ephesus and finding some disciples. It's interesting he calls them disciples, not Christians and not disciples. When you get saved, you're a disciple of Christ. The Bible says go and make disciples of every nation, not converts. You are all disciples, amen, to be disciplined in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. You're not a nobody, you're a somebody in God's kingdom, amen. He needs you. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to him, we have not as much have heard of whether there is a Holy Spirit. So how are they disciples? And they said to them, into what were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. So, ah, they heard the gospel or the kingdom preached by John, the Baptist. And they believed in the coming Messiah. And they got baptized for the repentance of sin. So John indeed baptized you. For the repentance, saying this is people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. Next verse. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they got baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus. And look what it says here. And then Paul, what did he do, Paul? What did he do? Is that demonic or is that godly? I was told I'm demonic if I lay hands. I have no power in these hands, trust me. But the power of the Holy Ghost demands you to lay hands. So you can receive what? The Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with and prophesied. Three stories, three different stories, three different ways of getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's no set rule. It just means come to Christ and you get the benefits of the kingdom. Is that, have I lied? Have I twisted the scripture? Have I done anything wrong? Are we cool? Are we still friends? Are we? You got a mic? Awesome. Where's uh, Maddie? You want to come up, Matt? They said, I'll, make, I'll ask you in your seat, then I'll change it. Over here, Matt. I'll run the show, not you. Come. <laughs> I'm joking. Matthew here? How are you, Matt? Give him a round of applause. I know it's hard coming up. Just, yeah, but just. Just quickly, 
When you got, how old were you or what was the story? We just spoke earlier. Just tell them a brief outline, not too long. I was probably eight. That's enough, thanks, mate. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> I was eight or nine years old. I remember he's my uncle and I remember we were at his house one night. He had pastors come from Queensland, I think. In South Africa. South Africa. And um, there was someone, I think we were just there for dinner. We were always at his house, like we were very close growing up, our family. And someone, um, he was an apprentice of one of our cousins, was there that night. And he ended up getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And then it just like, the overflow came on me. And oh, I was just like out on the floor. I don't know how to explain it. But that was the first time. I, I received the Holy Spirit and I was speaking in tongues for like an hour and um, I think I wrote it in my religion book the next day at school. I was in year four <laughs> and I, I don't know if the teacher knew what that was but <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, yeah, it was just, I think we came over to watch the footy or something, I can't yeah. remember, it just, it, it wasn't, it was spontaneous, it Important wasn't planned, things. yeah and uh, I'll never forget it, it was just like this weight came in the room and it was like this love I got, it's very hard to remember I was so young but yeah that, that's that's how it Amen. he probably remembers it better than how me how old were you? Eight, year four how old year you? four what's year four guys school ten, ten. ten. awesome thanks man I appreciate it well, here, here's your fifty dollars <laughs> David quick Mary's next Mary Tunis I haven't told her about it she's next thank you Pastor Tony uh, uh, f first, uh, I spoke on tongues. Uh, I came to the front. It's a bit different uh, from Maddie. Um, Pastor Rabbi laid hands on me, and and the uh, like fire was uh, like going through me, and uh, I start uh, like he was uh, praying, and I, like he was leading me to pray, and I was just after him saying what he was saying, and boiling my and my stomach was like boiling. Um, sorry. Uh, the more I pray, in the foyer in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the more I prayed, the like at home I was from like sometimes I pray fifteen minutes. The more I pray, uh, like and I started increasing half an hour, an hour at home, but nothing was happening. And the more I came here, like Pastor Tony or Abs. They say, don't expect, just pray in faith. And uh, last year in August, I was uh, in my room, sitting on the chair, and I was uh, praying in tongues, and I was just flowing, flowing in tongues, and suddenly I start, when I was speaking in tongues, become very intense, like it was like a bullet coming, like I was speaking in tongues, was like bullet, my tongues become like very intense and something is exploded in me and uh, like rushing wind came hit me and as I was sitting uh, waves of electricity going through my body and uh, like in my heart become like a fountain uh, of living water coming out of my heart wow. and all the way to my belly all the way I was starting flowing in my belly and I become like a drunk. <laughs> I was like, 
I wanted to lift a hand my, like to praise the Lord. I, I couldn't. I was so drunk in love of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's so good. I love how the Arabs, it was like a bullet, you know. <laughs> anyway, next. <laughs> next thing, I went kaboom and I went up. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Stand up, man. Are you knocking God's work? <laughs> okay. The way I received the Holy Spirit, I didn't want to go this night. We had just been like saved not long before. And I said, let's go fellowship. There's about five, six people. I didn't want to go. I went. The Holy Spirit comes when you least expect it. They said, who here? We were playing Bible trivia. Actually, we were playing Bible trivia, which is like a game you just guess, you know, all the answers. And they said, okay, let's... Um, Let's worship. But before that, who hasn't he who he hasn't received the Holy Spirit, hasn't can't speak in the spirit? And I just went, you know, put my hand up small. And they said, Okay, so about next thing you know, there's about four or five hands praying on me. And at that moment, it wasn't coming and I felt pressured. And I thought, it's not working. I said, It's not working. I can't, it's not coming, I just don't know. And I said, Okay, let's just worship. They put the music on and we just started singing. And before you knew it, the whole atmosphere changed. I can't even describe to you how it was, but it was like I was in this place by myself. I didn't know anyone else was in the room, but all I could hear was sobbing. People were crying everywhere. And then I remember kneeling down, and I just remember when I'd, I'd read something in Samuel, I started to read the Bible, and, and, he, and he said, and I was on the floor, and I started just weeping and crying, and I said, Lord, Forgive me if I've ever done anything that's not pleasing in your sight. Lord, remind me. If there's something I've done, please bring it to my remembrance so I can, you can forgive me. I don't want anything. And then I remember this um, scripture said, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So I said that. I said, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And I was just, I couldn't see from my eyes. And as I had my head down, I went to look up. And there on my right, what I, I saw Jesus' feet. Wow. And I saw, like... The bottom of the, the robe, I saw the robe, and his feet, I was too scared to look up. I could not look up. I saw the two holes in his feet on either. And I looked up, and then I sort of like became aware. I'm thinking, am I just thinking this? I'm looking around, being aware, then all of a sudden, I came out of that feeling. I'm thinking, oh, no one else saw it. So I put my head back down, praying again, and then I put my head up again. There, he's still there. Wow. Then next thing you know... I, it was like this, like rivers of living water just came out and I started speaking like a hundred million miles an hour. I go, <laughs> and then my cousin, because one of my cousins was there, and they said, something's happening to Mary, something's happening to Mary. Because you know, only, the only reason why she saw me, because the music was on, remember, they couldn't really hear me. We had the music and everyone was in their own spirit. She said she saw a light on me, wow. a light. And that was Jesus. Hallelujah. But I just remember her saying, you can, you can ask the Lord to slow it down, and I did. <laughs> it was, a, it was a Alvin and the Chipmunks. Um, my good mate Dylan, where is he? Come on, Dylan. I'll tell you a backdrop on this one. He, I was baptising uh, one of my workers back in the day. Back in the day. Is that good? And uh, we're baptising... <laughs> One of my uh, guys used to work with me. He gave his heart to the Lord and we were baptizing him. And uh, it was just him by himself. And it was the middle of the winter. It was freezing. I'm in the pool and I baptized this guy. 
And there was a family there, and this annoying kid just kept annoying us and said, I want to get baptized, I want to get baptized. I go, man, you know what you're doing, go over there, you know, go over there. I want to get baptized, I just want to get out of this water, it's freezing. And he kept nagging, nagging, that's the little kid anyway, but uh, so you can take over, come closer, mate. You done your hair just for this, eh? Hey? I bet you you did. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, I was, I guess I was eager, I was keen. Um, How old were you? I had no idea, nine or ten? Yeah, eight. Carl, eight. Seven, Younger, eight, yeah. eight or nine. So. Um, yeah, I was there with my uncle Carl and Tony. I actually didn't know it was Tony at the time until yeah. a few years ago when we saw the cafe. But um, <laughs> I thought it was my uncle Carl. And we'll, they were baptising, I don't know who's the, who it was. Yeah. But um, I, I can't remember completely, but I was just, I was very, very eager to, I just, I wanted to be a part of whatever it was. Um, and then I went in the water and got baptised. I felt like I was under for like about half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I don't know, I, Came up, I guess, and I was just, I, was, I think I was yelling to my mum, like, what's happening? Like, I, don't, I don't know what's happening. I was just uttering words, I guess, the tongues hit me, and I just, I had no idea what was happening. I was going for about like, an hour or two, and I was like, mum, like, make it stop. <laughs> I had no idea what was happening. But yeah, I don't know. That's awesome. So what happened was, he's barely remembering. <laughs> so we're baptising this guy, and this annoying kid kept annoying, 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 and finally I said, well, what are we going to do? Like, you just won't leave us alone. So... Carl, uh, a friend of mine, you know, his uncle um, talked him through it. This is what we're doing. Jesus died for our sin. He goes, yep, 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 yep. Looked at the parents. All right, put him in. Put him in the water. It was freezing. And as we baptized him in the name of the Lord Jesus, he came out speaking in tongues. He would have been seven, eight, maybe nine. He wasn't that old. And he came out and he, he was just like, we thought he was cold, but he's actually praying in tongues, you know. And, um, and that God taught me a big lesson then. This is years ago. So how old are you now? I'm 24 now. 24. So... What's it? 16 years ago. So I was, I'm being saved 21 years. So it was early in my peace. And God taught me, don't underestimate what the Spirit of God can do. It's not based on your intellect, age, or what you know. It's about His grace upon your life. Amen? Thanks, sir. Thanks, Dylan. Appreciate it. So I just wanted to use a few examples to show you that everyone's story is different. My story is different. Everyone's story is different. But comes from the same principle. If you seek God, you will find Him. And when He comes after you, acknowledge Him. And while I'm sharing all these stories, I showed you a few stories in the Bible, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I often say, people said to me, uh, one guy said to me once, well, that happened in the early church, and that gift died when the disciples all died. You've heard that before. Well, why would God send His Son to open up the kingdom of heaven on earth for a gift to only last, what, 80 years? For those guys only? When the scripture is contrary to what they just said. He goes, first Samaria, first Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then to the ends of the earth. It's for you and your children and those who are afar. Just because the enemy came in and dissected it and destroyed it and taught wrong, They've pulled away from it because they don't understand it or, they don't under, or people have got it wrong. They've saw some wackos that do it. Ultimately, we're getting robbed by what someone else's opinion is and not understanding what the Bible says. Now, I've been saved 21 years. I don't have it all worked out. But I know enough to know, and it's amazing Bible teachers and theologians and, and, and amazing pastors in this world that don't believe in this. And they're great. People are getting saved and that. But I would challenge anyone, and I have challenged many people, and I have studied myself. In their list of their criteria, 
No miracles, no healings, no manifestations of the Holy Spirit. People are coming to Christ, that's awesome. But Jesus says, believe for the gifts. Stir up the gifts. He gave you a gift. The Bible says the gifts are without repentance. So we take that scripture in. God gave me a gift. I fell over. I did something wrong. He won't take it off me because my gifts are without repentance. No, no, no. The gifts he gave us is not to take them back. He didn't give us the gifts that the Bible talks about because if he takes away the supernatural of the gifts, let's say I'm wrong and all the gifts of the Spirit are ceased. No more tongues, no more laying of hands, no more miracles, no more prophecy. Yeah? That's all supernatural stuff, yeah? Then you've got to take away salvation. Because salvation is supernatural. Think about it. Why, he leaves some and not the others? So what I'm trying to get across to you is the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy it's a gift. Who wants to receive it? It's yours. Don't let anyone, man, woman and child rob you. Because I've seen the power of the Holy Spirit work through people, Amen. Now, just because someone has received the gifts, it doesn't. People say to me all the time, well, the gifts of the Spirit have to be in order. I believe that. And the gifts of the Spirit, if you are sinning, what's the point of having the gifts? If you're sinning and you don't have the gifts. And I say to them, well, the Corinthian church were all in sin. The whole church was a mess. But Paul never once said the gifts are no longer yours or no longer manifested. He said, listen, boys, pull your heads in. It's time to get in some order here. He was bringing clarity of the gifts. Just because someone gets it wrong doesn't mean it's no longer valid. I don't know how else to say it, but the Holy Spirit is our personal teacher. Now, he says to us, you need no man to teach you. So people run off and say, well, what are you doing, Tony? No, no. He's saying, if you have the word in you, if you read the word for yourselves, and you spend time in the Holy Ghost yourselves, and you spend time in worship, tongues is just one aspect of this, but I want to touch on that only. And you have this relationship with the Lord. And I say something that's wrong, your spirit will register. That's wrong. If you have the Holy Ghost in you. Don't come and tell me you're wrong if you read the, you watched it on TikTok. <laughs> because I watch something on YouTube and we think the YouTube's gospel now. They cut it, edit it, and they show it out there and you think, oh, look, the preacher said. Come on, man. But if you spend time in the Word, what will happen? The Word of God will register in your spirit. And you know the truth. The Bible says he's the teacher that will guide you into all truth. He's not saying you don't need a teacher because the Bible ordained apostles, prophets, preachers, teachers, and evangelists. Why? For the edification of the saints. In other words, my job here is a pastor. I've got an evangelist heart, but I'm a pastor to teach you. And then you go back and say, you know what? I'm not sure about that. Good. Go and search it out for yourself. Get the Bible. Open it up. See what the Lord's saying to you. Don't live a life. I had one boy come up to you once and say, funny story. He's had a PhD in nightclubs. But he came to my Bible study and told me everything I do was wrong. I said, well, okay, well, I'm, hey, I'm humble. I'm humble. <laughs> I'm humble. Where am I wrong? Show me. And he went on about history and traditions. I go, okay, that's great. I'm wrong in that area. But where am I wrong in the scripture? I'm happy to talk to you. Then he came the following week and interrupted the meeting like this. And I said, brother, we just got a lot of people here. We're in a house group, mind you. We've got a lot of people here, brother. So I'm happy to talk to you after the service. Just let me finish what I'm saying, if you don't mind. When it came to the end of the service, I walked straight at the back. He's done a runner. Anyway, he came back next week and interrupted the service again. Now, Tony, St. Tony, <laughs> wanted to do old Tony. <laughs> Shut the door quick. Come. And when I eventually spoke to the guy, 
Had no idea what he was talking about. No disrespect, we had no idea. If he was from a church and there was a pastor, and, or not even a pastor, but someone who read the Bible, I'd say, let's have a dialogue. No idea. Just wanted to interrupt the meeting. And I often say to people, let the Bible interpret the Bible. Scripture interprets Scripture. So I want to share why the benefit of praying in the Spirit. I'm just picking on one area of the Holy Ghost. I know the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a lot more than praying in tongues. But we just saw three stories there of the evidence of why, what happened, and what the evidence was. Amen? Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 14. Then I'll go to an Old Testament story just to show you an analogy. This is Paul speaking. He's speaking to the Corinthian church. He's speaking... He spoke about the gifts more than all of them. And he's trying to teach this church something. And look what he says. And there's so much to this, but I'm breaking it down just for time. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Then he says, I wish all you spoke with tongues. But we gloss over that. But even more, you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues. Unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. When I speak in tongues, my mind is not fruitful. When you speak in tongues, your mind is not fruitful. Now, if I got up here now and I sat there for the next hour and spoke in tongues and there was no manifestation of someone interpreting or I didn't have a word in English for you, what have I achieved? Nothing. What he's talking about in this, con- in this scripture and this context is in the church, in a church atmosphere. So what had happened was the gifts of the Spirit had been poured out on the Corinthian church and they were so excited and what have you. And he was saying, but hang on, stop. When you speak in tongues, it's for your personal edification. So you don't speak to man, but you speak to God. He who speaks to tongues edifies himself. Doesn't speak to man, speak to God. Where's that other scripture? I think it's somewhere. It's somewhere. You know the scripture. Now here he's addressing what's no purpose of me praying in tongues. So when I open my mouth and pray in tongues, when you open a mouth and pray in tongues, if you pray, all you're doing, you're not warring against the devil, you're not praying for a new car, you're not praying that your wife does the dishes, you're not praying that your kids get off drugs. All you're doing is edifying yourself. You are building yourself up. See, what, what we think, we've turned prayer into manipulation. What we want to do is pray a prayer of warfare and I'm going to change that person by my prayer. Nah, God's trying to change you in faith to believe for God for that person. That's why fasting doesn't move God. Fasting moves me in a place to believe God. So the more I die, the more faith rises up, the more He lives in me. Are you with me? So that we have to understand something. What does edification mean? AJ, can you throw that up? Edification. Now, if you look up edif- uh, edification or edify in the Google, tra- uh, in the Google whatever dictionary, it will tell you to lift someone up, to, to morally or spiritually uh, grow in maturity, and all that's right. But the Greek word for edification, we're going to see what it says here. It says the Greek word to edify is any Greeks in the house? What's that say? Is that how you say it in the, in the Greek today? Yeah. Is it? 
Praise God. Thank you. What is it again? That's what I thought. All right. <laughs> Okodomio. Is that right? Okodomio. Also means to construct or build. Is that it, Ajay? It means to construct or build. It's also a combined word. It's two words. Oka means house. The first bit means house, home. Just say yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the second part, domo. Here we go. Oka domo means house and domo to build. It is a translation by the King James in the build, builders. You know, it's, it's translated. So Oka domo in the Greek. So the New Testament was written in Greek. Paul is saying here, if you look at it from that perspective, he's not just to edify you, build you up, charge up a battery. That's how I was taught. Oh, when you speak in the Holy Spirit, he charges up like a battery, he fills you up. That's true, but the Bible says he edifies himself, not just his spirit, his whole body. Starts in the spirit. He says, what is he saying here? When you speak in tongues, you build and erect and construct a building on the inside of you like a house that's strong. What does the Bible say about who we are now? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Ghost living today? In us. So we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. He goes, but I've got to make room for me here. So what? if you open your mouth and speak, guess what? You don't pray with your understanding. Because if I was to tell you what to pray, you would never pray it. If God said to me 21 years ago, pray to be in Brazil one day, pray to have a church one day, pray, pray. I wouldn't have prayed those prayers because I had no faith in me. So what he does, he bypasses my natural mind and he builds a house for himself to reside in because any man being in Christ is a... New creation. See, the more I lean on my understanding, the more I hinder God. But the more I give myself to the Holy Spirit, the more of God lives in me. So now I can fulfill the destiny of my life based on what? The power of the Holy Spirit, not based on me. Now, I'm not against um, uh, studying and university and being a theologian and doing ministry. I'm not against any of that. Please don't misunderstand me. But here, Paul's saying, those who put... Listen... He who speaks in tongues edifies or builds a home for the Holy Spirit to live in so he can teach you. And builds a power on the inside of you. You're struggling with sin? Go pray in the tongues. And you know what? It's not going to take the sin away. It's going to get you in a place to believe God that, you know, that sin is no longer my dominion. Christ is my dominion. I'm so excited. Because you've got to understand something. We are so weak if we just know theology. The devil's not scared about how much intellectual knowledge you know about the Bible. It does not scare you. That's why, the, the, that's why Jesus could say to the Pharisees, you are the son of the devil himself. And they knew this thing off by heart. Knowledge just puffs up. Jude. Let's go to Jude. Now you'll read Jude differently. Jude 1.20. I'm here to encourage someone to stop believing lies and start getting the Holy Ghost to be your teacher. I love the ones that come out of witchcraft and, and they say to me, I've got to study it before. I, yeah. Bro, you went and took... <laughs> You're killing chickens for all your life. Now all of a sudden you have to study it to make sure you don't get a demon. Please. I said to someone, lay hands on the TV and get filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, you can't limit God to that. Why? You're watching demon-possessed movies and you're getting possessed. So now the Holy Spirit can't touch you through a TV set. 
I'm not throwing off a couch watching a, a preacher on TV. All right, I should be in a straitjacket. Okay, but, I, but I'm standing here before you. Look at this, Jude 1.20. But you, beloved, build, ding, erect, edify yourself up on what? Your most holy faith. How? How? Keeping yourselves in the love of God. Looking for what? The mercy of the Lord Jesus until eternal life. How do I keep in the love of God? I, everyone that accepts Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior has holy faith inside you now. Every person here has a new nature on the inside of them if you're washed by the blood. Everyone here that calls Jesus Lord is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So everything pertaining to life, it lives in you. But it's dormant. It's, it's asleep. It's, it's on the top shelf on the right-hand side that you don't see. And the Holy Spirit wants to come in and build a house where he can sit and be in control. See, the Holy Spirit won't do it for you. That's a fallacy to think, oh, the Holy Spirit look after. No, he won't. He'll get you. Because he says, he, you, who speaks in tongues. You, who repents. You, of little faith. Does that make sense? Yes. Just for time, we're running out of time. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Is this making sense? Yes. Because I want to tell you something now. You've been robbed so much by religion and by see these three dangers I've, I've seen. I've seen it in my walk. So I'm a man of experience. I'm not teaching something. I'm not a teacher. I experience. There's three things that happen when people come into an atmosphere like this, hear this sort of teaching. This is what happens. First thing they do. First ones, they get religious. They go and find out reasons why they shouldn't do it. <laughs> well, the board doesn't actually say that. It says this. And they try and break it down. Religion. I want to study the Hebrew and Greek to make sure it's right. Okay, good. The second thing they do is, because someone perverted it, they speak against it. And they call it demonic, and they call it from the devil, and, and they call it... And the third thing is intellectualism. That is so silly. <laughs> That's intellectual suicide. I had a lady tell me once, you speak a language, do you understand what you say? I said, no. So you do on Babel, what's the difference if I just take, pretend to speak Chinese? Okay, but in order for you just to even pretend to speak Chinese, you're still using your brain. But when I speak in tongues, my brain has nothing to do with it. It comes out of my spirit. For I do not pray out of my understanding. It comes from my spirit. So even if I want to make up the language, I still have to do it. But hey, listen to me. She said, yeah, he goes, is that to you, it's just out of your, no, it just doesn't seem right. I said, so intellectually, Praying in the baptism and speaking in tongues is wrong. She goes, yeah. I said, okay. Have you worked out that a woman who had a baby without sex, is that intellectual honesty? Do you believe that Mary was a virgin? She goes, of course I do. Do you believe that Jesus, that baby grew up and died on a cross and he was buried there, but he rose out of the... Because yeah, he goes, well, that's intellectual suicide. You're just as dumb as me. <laughs> she sat there and looked at me. I said, intellectually, God's not asking you to lose your brain and lose your intelligence. Someone said to me, how can Jesus be God? How can man be God? I said, no, man cannot be God, but God can become a man. If God can't become a man, he's not God. If God can't do something, then he's not God. And he's not worthy of praise, he's not worthy of worship. Do you get where I'm trying to go with this? So people haven't taught this right. 
touch of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people get filled with the Holy Spirit and do nothing with it. Only when they get goosebumps. Some people are only praying tongues when the cops are chasing them. You went through a red light. They want the Holy Ghost. They want angels to fight. They want to flip the car over. <laughs> Some people make up tongues. I heard this funny preacher once say, they were in a plane once and it was going down. He goes, all of a sudden the Baptists start believing in tongues. <laughs> Sorry to the Baptists out there. <laughs> I'm joking. What I'm trying to get at is, Yes, people have got it wrong. People have taught it wrong. But, see, what you say, isn't it interesting that life and death is in the power of the tongue? And we know that by Scripture. He says that what God speaks, God spoke the world into existence. He says, speak to that mountain. Speak to that. True? Jesus says, you'll have what you say. The Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever's in your heart, you can say something today, but I guarantee you not long after, you'll know what's in someone's heart because they'll speak it. Look at this. There's two stories. I might just recap them for the sake of time. In 2 Chronicles 28 and 2 Chronicles 29. No, it's all 28, is it? And 29. I'll give you the backdrop. Two kings. Hezekiah was one king. They believe he was the greatest king that Israel ever had, other than David. But his father, Ahaz, was the most demonic king that they had. Ahaz had the temple. And what he did was he started to worship idols in the temple. And he started to bring perversion in the temple. And then he blocked people going to the temple. So what he ended up doing as a backdrop, the Bible says he did what was not right in the sight of God. And then he was going into battle. And because God had seen his unrighteousness, you know what he did? He allowed the Syrians to attack Israel and win. And you would think as a king, you're not ordained a king from nowhere. You know the history of your kingship. You have prophets and you have the Levite priests. You know that God always wins the battle if you do things right. You bring your, your sacrifice to the altar, all those things they're meant to do. And you know what he did? He says, well, if the, if the Syrians beat us, I'm going to start worshipping their God. So what he did, he started to chop up all the furniture in the temple and bring in pagan worship and build altars everywhere for the God of the Assyrians to the point where they made a, an altar of Baal and he started sacrificing children in the temple of God. You can't get any lower than that. And what the Bible says here, look at this. This is what I want you to show you. Your mouth is the door to your, your, your temple. Not your mind, your mouth. I'll tell you why. Look at this. I'll read this first. Second Chronicles 28, 23 to 24. I need you to see this. For he sacrificed to the gods of Damascus, which had defeated him, saying, because of the gods of the kings of Syria, help them, I will sacrifice to them that they may help me. But they were, in the ruin of, they were in the ruin of him and all of Israel. So Ahaz gathered the articles of the house of God, cut in pieces the articles of the house of God. And then look at this. Shut up the doors of the house of the Lord and made him for himself altars all over the corner of Judah. He shut the door of the temple and says, no one's in, no one's out. You know what he did? Do you know what he did? The door speaks of what? If you have a look through... I'll share this. A lot of Jesus' miracles were on the porch of Solomon's temple. 
in the New Testament. You see the porch, the porch, the porch. If you go back to the, the temple of, uh, at that time, the porch is outside near the door. So when, God, the, when, the Holy Spirit, when, when the high priest would go and minister into the temple of the Holy of Holies, he'd come out. It was meant to that the fire of God that they burnt incense to, he'd come out with the aroma of God and the blessings would come upon the people. Instead, he perverted, he perverted the temple. So what does that do with us? We've got no temple. Okay, let me tell you something. Look what he says. He goes, the minute he lost the battle, he says, well, I'm going to worship their God because their God is stronger than my God. How many times have us, we've done the right thing and we find that the next door neighbor's prospering. That guy's blessed. That person is, and we think we're doing all the right things, but they live like devils. And, they, and what we do, we turn away from the living God to the false gods. And the temple door shut speaking. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The door of your salvation is through your mouth because the Bible says whoever believes in the heart and he confesses from his mouth. It's an interesting prophetic word here. He shuts the door and then he builds idols everywhere. But something has to change. What did Jesus do? He curses the fig tree. Remember? Curse the fig tree? How did he curse the fig tree? With his mouth. What did he do after that? He went into Jerusalem. And what did he do? He made a three cord weep. And what did he do? He drove the money changers out of the temple. What does he say? My house is a house of prayer. Hello, prayer, for all the nations. And you've turned it into a den of thieves. He drives them out. Then the next verse says, he goes into the treasury. We've talked about this. Then he walks out on the porch of Solomon. And they go, look how beautiful this building is. He goes, beautiful. This guy had the beautiful temple. He turned it into a demon worship temple. And he shut the door. But look what his son does. He's got a... 2 Chronicles 29, verse 1. His son. That king Ahaz died and they buried him, not as a king. They buried him outside the city. Not with the king. That's how low he became. But his son, the Bible says, Hezekiah became the king when he was 25 years old and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother was Abijah, Abijah and the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to his father David had done, meaning King David. Let's go to verse 7. Look what he says about his forefathers and his fathers. Listen to me. People say to me all the time, well, if I believe what you're saying, then what about all my, my ancestors? What about my father and grandfather? Whoa. Look what he says here. He says, they have shut the doors of the, the vessel, put out the lamps. They have not burnt incense or offered burnt offerings to the holy place to the God of Israel. He says, therefore the wrath of the Lord fell upon Judah and Jerusalem. And he gave them up to trouble, to desolation, and to jeering, as you see, with your own eyes. He says before that, I jumped the gun. He says before that, he goes, according to our forefathers, they sinned against God. And they trespassed against God. But we're not going to be like them now. I'm going to reopen. Look what he says. He says, this is what they did. This is what they shut up the doors. But guess what? He opened the door. Hezekiah goes and reopens the door. What does he do? He sends the priests into the temple and then he goes and let's cleanse it out. Everything that's demonic in here, get it out. Eight days, they take it all out. Jesus come in and cleared the temple. Clear the temple. He's cleaning the temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If you don't 
Praying in the Spirit, what does it do? It allows the Holy Spirit to build an Ephesus on the inside of you, a house, so he can cleanse the temple on the inside of you. So whatever, see, you might have an issue with depression, you might have an issue with sickness, you might have an issue with whatever. He goes, God doesn't deal with that, he deals with you. Well, you know, he does, he gets in the inside and builds you up, so that stuff has no power over you anymore. He cleanses the temple. So every time I open my mouth, guess what the Holy Spirit's doing? He's cleansing the temple. He's taking out all the idols out of my heart. Someone said to me once, Oh, I did what you did, Tony. I've been doing it for two months and I feel worse. I go, praise God. He goes, how? He says, because you were always bad. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, all God is doing is revealing in you what's really in your heart. One guy says, oh, I did it all that and the devil's attacking me. No, no, no. The devil's always been there. You're just aware of it now. One guy says to me, oh, I had a great time in the first week, but after that, I just got dry lips. And I said to him, don't stop doing what is good. Because I'll tell you now, he's building something on the inside of you. I share this a lot. He goes, but before I share this story, Psalm 141, just to show you that your mouth, what comes in and out of your mouth is very important. And if, if, if that means in the natural sense, speak truth, speak in love, sing psalms, sing hymns, profess the word, that's all true in the natural. How much more in the spirit when you pray in tongues, do you open your mouth and let the Holy Spirit speak through you? I don't know what he's saying, but guess what he's doing? He's building up something. He's praying out the perfect will for my life. Why? Because he's in charge. I'm just doing the, but I'll have to co-labor with him. He doesn't say think about tongues. He says pray in tongues. There's something we got to do. And Psalm 141, look what it says. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Ah, oh, bro, this week I had a rotten week at work and my lips weren't that good. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm repenting. Confess you still want another. I'll tell you mine if you told me yours. <laughs> no, no, no. But during the week as my mouth was going off, I wasn't swearing. I wasn't swearing in that. But just what was coming out of my mouth was not right. And on the last day, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and says, you know better. That's all he said, you know better. And I went, wow. <laughs> Sometimes it's better to shut up and say nothing. Because I'm allowing the spirit realm around me to be activated against me because of what I'm saying. Isn't that true? Isn't it true or not? Our words are powerful. We're not God to create things, but we can create the atmosphere, the framework that's around us. Because the Holy Spirit nudged me and said I'm teaching something that I got rebuked that I haven't been doing when I say I haven't been doing I know better see what I did I got into the natural and became like Ahaz where well if they're doing it I'll do it well they worship him I'll worship that you know and, and we, we, we may not be in horrific sin but you might go back to what Egypt to get the answers you want something happens We'll go back to the world to get the answer instead of going back to the Holy Ghost to get an answer. And all waiting on the... Even in the pain and the misery you're going through, wait on the Holy Spirit to show you. One guy asked me once, you had this issue once. Um, before I say that, remember what, uh, I shared this a few times. Where I was in my fasting time. There was a time I was fasting, this was years ago. And I was snapping and I was, you know, being really aggressive. And my wife goes, when are you breaking that fast? I said, oh, tomorrow night. She goes, good, because you're angry when you fast. And I thought about what she said, and I walked away. No, I'm not. 
then I walked into my room and I came back and I said, babe, sorry, I'm not angry when I fast, but the fasting's revealed there's anger still in me. I knew straight away. It's not about going, what do I do now? No, what do I do? Thank you, Lord, for revealing that. Because if I'm going to do the fasting and do the prayer and do the meditation on the word and worship him, do all the things we're meant to do, and I tick it in a box, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, God, you owe me now. God says, owe you what? See, I don't do because I have to. I do because I need to. See, the Holy Spirit, we're talking about tongues today, is the start of the empowering on the man on the inside you, but the man on the inside you is already delivered and saved. So there's an issue between the man on the inside of me and the man that's outside of me. The real me is the one that's spirit-filled and born again. The old me doesn't want to die. So now the battle happens between the soul and the flesh and the spirit and the flesh. But when the Holy Spirit has become my teacher, guess what? Things that I used to struggle with fell off. How? Did someone cast it out? No. Did you rebuke it? No. What happened? I guess I knew I was a son of God. All I was lacking was sonship. And when I realized that day that my father in heaven is my real father and I have his son, 95 of my problems left. He didn't deal with that issue, that issue, that issue. That's what the devil wants you to do. I've got an issue in this area. Do that. Got an issue. Do that. Do that. And what happens is, when you get over those issues, guess what? The enemy lights another 10 fire. So what do we do? Yeah, pour out more 10 fire. What? Fight fire with fire. There's a bushfire going. I used to work at the bushfire brigade. I never worked there, but I helped them out. And, and I was talking to the guy about it. scary stuff, man. I actually went into a room once, and I was the dead body in the uh, reenactment, which they were training guys how to go into a burning house. And what they did... They built this two-story tin shed thing and I had all the apparatuses on and, and everything and I had to lay in a corner. It's pitch black, you can't see a thing. They had to lay in the corner and they had to go in and find me. That was their training. So I'm laying there and then walk around and they teach them how to walk. And they, they light fires and they put it with smoke, all different scenarios. So I'm laying in the corner and I'm giggling to myself. Then I realised, man, I can't see a thing here. <laughs> Sitting in that corner and they, finally they find me. They drag me out and hit my hand and I didn't care but... And I realized, hang on, there was a way to operate in the darkness. Now when they lit it up in fire, and there was fire, they could see me, but there was fire, it was hot. And, there was, and, I, and I went through all the scenarios, and the Holy Spirit brought this up to my, me the other day. He says, in the darkness where you cannot see, if they listen to my instructions to the, to, to the instructor, how to get through there, they found you and dragged you out. They found me, and it's pitch black. I'm telling you, I, I went in with them once. I wasn't even meant to be there, but they put me in there. It was a beauty. And I'm holding the guy. So there's three of us holding. Can you stand up for a sec? Turn around. Do a squat. I'm joking. No. <laughs> so I got him shirt like that. I'm that close. I let go for two seconds. And I went to grab him. I couldn't find him. But he's right there. But when it's pitch black, you don't, your senses are gone. Thanks. Well, that's how close I was. And the Holy Spirit said to me, see, they heeded the instructions of the, of the instructor, the teacher, and they were able to navigate in the dark to save a life. We're in the dark when we pray in tongues. But he's giving you instructions because darkness becomes light in him. And the fire, I want to get to, there was a fire. And there's fire, spark, fire, fire, fire. I go, what do you do in this situation? We go, we, we, we find out where the wind's going and we light another fire. I go, hang on a second. You've already got 25 fires going. He goes, yeah, but we burn this area. So when the fire, when the wind changes, when that fire burns up, there's nothing else to burn. So the fire that's causing havoc 
is the same fire that can save the rest of the environment. They burn an area, and when the fire gets to that area, it's already burnt out. They control that burn. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, because you can fight fire with fire. If the devil's lighting fires, light my fire. I'll put every one of them out. Hallelujah. But you have to spend time with him. You need to know who he's, what he's saying, what he's doing, what he's doing in your world. The minute I got over, Lord, I'm going to pray in tongues for something, and I realised all I was doing was edifying myself. I wasn't praying for anything that I thought. God's in control of your life. But there's a price you have to pay. No one wants to pay that price. That price is time. If I spend time with him, I'll become like him. And the Holy Spirit will form. What's he going to do? Build. I love that. He doesn't just build you up, fill you up, strengthen you. You know what he does? He builds a house. Why? Because he owns it and now he's in charge of it. How's the devil going to touch you then? Think about that. The Holy Ghost doesn't do it for you. He says, Tony, I've strengthened you. Go. Tony, don't go. All right, Lord. Say. Don't say. Speak. Don't speak. Whatever. He's in charge. And I'll tell you what. Can I tell you something? You won't be going into a, a dark building blind because the light of the gospel will shine. Tongues is for today. That's one aspect of tongues. Now, if I, if I do nothing else but encourage you that this gift is for you. This gift is for you. It's not the gift of speaking in tongues. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. The church, the body of Christ has been robbed for too long. Too long. I'm not saying that's the only thing, but the Word and the Spirit, they bring life. Imagine sitting there 24-7 with the Spirit of God that created you and knows your destiny. He's the architect of your life. So he needs you, by faith, to pray to, so you can pray out the perfect will for your life to fulfill your destiny. How good's that? I can't save myself. Can you save yourself? Can you save yourself? I, he saved me. So I received what he did on the cross. And he says, you know what, Tone? There's nothing good about you that you can get into heaven. But if I die in your place and you receive me by faith, I wash you with my blood, you go to heaven. I accept that, Lord. He says, but you know what? You're a feral human being. And I want to make my residence in you. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to come and live inside you. Thank you, Lord. What have I done? Just received it. Nothing. Then he goes, you know what? Your prayer is a bit weak. You only pray when Paramount is losing. But I want you to pray. So what I'll do, I'll come, I'll wash you with my blood, I'll come and reside inside you in your spirit, and then I'll become your personal teacher. And then I'll baptise you in the Holy Spirit, and you will be received power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and I'll get you to speak, I'll speak through you. You just have to open your mouth. Will you willing to do that? Said, yes, Lord. So now, there's three things I can't, I can't get saved, I can't change myself, and now he's going to teach me how to pray. So, so far, it's him in me. And then... You know what? Your mind's not fruitful and you know your mind, the Bible says, is enmity to God, which is wars against God. My mind is not fruitful. If something, I can't believe and think the way God wants me to think. So what he does, he bypasses my mind and he prays out of my spirit. My mind has nothing to do with it. So I can fulfill the perfect plan of your life. Still nothing to do with me. I just have to be obedient. What a gracious God that is. Oh, you don't know what you're saying. Thank God. Because I would have aborted 
maybe there's so many things in my life because of my non- lack of belief or non-belief. So now he comes in and prays for the perfect will of my life. As long as I'm obedient, he guides my paths unto righteousness. So, think about that for a second, guys. What is my job as a Christian, as a believer? What is my job? Just believe. Obey. Surrender. Well, that's more than one, Tony. Yeah, it's all, it's all part of dying to yourself, that he may live in you. And this is one aspect of him to ignite the fire that's inside you. Because when he shut the door of the temple, the Bible says that he put out the candles at the altar. What did he do? He put out the fire of God that was supposed to be lit above the word day and night above the altar of the showbread altar. He put them all out. You know, some of us, the devil shut the door on us. Religion shut the door on us and we've put the fire out. And we wonder why we have not changed. I go to Bible studies, I read, I've had some good encounters, but I'm still the same person. Why? The fire's out. God wants to ignite that fire. It's up to you. It's according to your faith. It's according to, people say, well, I'm not ready for that because I'm not, you never be ready. You don't go and wash yourself up to go have a shower. You go to the shower to get clean. You can never just come to Jesus as you are. Come as you are. Come as you are. Stop lying to yourself that you're okay because you're not. I'm 21 years in the Lord. I'm not okay. I still need his guidance. I need his help. I need his healing. I need his direction. I need him. I need him. And you need him. There is no problem big enough that can stop God's grace. There's no problem wide enough that can take away his love. But this is not about our salvation now. This is about who we are in him through our salvation. I'm saved, praise God. What do you do for God? Absolutely nothing. So I thought, I don't know what to do. The Bible says I haven't got to this yet. You don't know how to pray, but the Spirit makes intercession for you. What's that mean? It means there's some days that I don't know how to pray this out. There's an issue in my life. There's a circumstance in my life. Something's coming against me. I don't know how to get out of this. Yeah, pray in the Spirit because I'll make intercession for you. What an awesome promise, man. We have the great Holy Spirit. So I want to give you the opportunity tonight. If you don't, never heard this before, or you've heard it and you never believed it, or you've, you believe it but you never received it, or you just don't like it, either one. But I'm going to give you the opportunity right now. Can we have the, whatever's playing at the back, leave the lights on. But I want you guys, can we stand? We're finished, we're finished. I just want to do, the Holy Spirit put on my heart as I was preaching. I want you to stand where you are. See, there's nothing better, and those listening online, if you're watching online, don't let the screen, internet, deter you. The Holy Spirit can touch you in your seat, in your bed, in your car, just like they can touch people here. I was watching a TV program, and I don't even think the preacher believes in what I believe, but he was sharing the gospel. It was 21 years ago, three days after my son was born, and I'm watching, but he's sharing the gospel, and I'm thinking, look at these crooks, you know, everything you could say, I said, then all of a sudden, the power of the Holy Spirit hit me and threw me off the couch. I thought I was going crazy. I ran into the bedroom. I, I, I thought I'd fallen asleep and woken up in shock. You know, when you're just about to nod off and, and you fall asleep, you wake up. And my son was three days born, John Daniel. 
You've heard, some of you have heard the story. And then I go right in the bedroom. Do you, are you okay? Are you all right? What's going on? They're asleep. They're none the wise. I come outside. I'm, I'm freaking out. Electricity's going through my body. Listen to me. Electricity's going through my body like I'm, I'm going mad. What's going on here? I look at the TV. I grab the remote and I'm, I'm too scared. I want to turn the TV off. I'm, I'm scared. Like, what do I do? And the guy, I don't know what he said at that time, but I know now he was saying the sinner's prayer, whatever he was doing. I think it was a fraction of a second. Felt like all night. Turn the TV off. I have the power going through me. Holy Spirit hit me. Not long after that, I started speaking tongues. Felt like I was floating off my bed. What's going on here? There's no limit to the Holy Spirit. Don't limit God's... The, the worshipping God isn't just... What's the point of us worshipping here on Sunday and being ineffective on Monday? I want to encourage you that the gifts of the Spirit are for today. You may not walk in all the gifts. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And there's a prayer language that He wants to give you to make you be overcomers. Be more than conquerors. Hallelujah. I can talk about when He comes upon you in the middle of the night and shows you things to come. Did it with me. Did it with my kids. He can show me things that are happening to my kids before it happened many times. So what do I do? Go into panic? No, I start praying out what he wants and he, he diverts the issue. I'll tell that for next week. I can tell you many times where he says, do this in, in, in prayer. And I'm thinking, no, I can't. I can't afford it. I can't do it because I didn't ask you if you can afford it. I said, just do it. There's times where I'm still hanging on to my past and that's what the devil's doing is remind me of my past. And but... The Bible says he reminds me of my future. Like, how can you remind me of my future? Hang on. Remembrance means this happened. So I remember what happened. Yeah, but in the spirit realm, Jesus already conquered and made my destiny. When, Paul, when, when John the Apostle saw Revelations and saw the 24 elders, hello, he's one of the 24 elders. He saw the future. God's outside of time. So when you pray in tongues, you're not praying in this time. You're praying outside of time. So you can be praying and watering the seed of what God's placed before you and you can walk into that destiny. Think, wow, I made it. No, you didn't. You prayed it out here 20 years ago. Hallelujah. God spoke to my heart. He gave me these promises. He spoke to my heart and he showed me some promises. And then he spoke to me when I was mature enough. He goes, and you won't fulfill them. Your kids will. I'm like, what do you mean? And I walked away thinking he wanted me to believe. You see, we're walking in faith because of Father Abraham. Abraham could not understand who we are and what we're doing today. But because of one man's faith, through his seed, Jesus came. So whatever I give to God, He may not change my situation the way I want it right now, but He's watering the seed of the future for your children and your children's children. I'm telling you, get off the pedestal. Stop being selfish. It's about you. You are watering the seed for the next generation. When He spoke that to me, He said, He gave me these promises and the promises are still yes and amen and they're mine. But He says, but some of them will not be fulfilled, but your children will fulfill them. You know what they did? That excited me so much that it's about them. So if I don't pay a price, they will never receive it. See, every generation pays a price for the next generation. 
But we come to a place now where we've, this is not for me, this is not for me, and we let the devil dissect the church, pull away the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is not falling over. The power of the Holy Spirit is not casting out devils. They did that on an everyday basis. That's like, oh, cast out the devil, let's have a coffee. We think that's that's the supernatural move of God. That should be supernaturally natural and naturally supernatural. But you know what he's saying? But do I have a people that I can build my house on? Do I have a people that believe what my Bible says and not what someone else says? Do I have a people that are coming up with every excuse like the King Ahaz? Whoa, we got beaten by the Syrians. Maybe I should worship their God. Instead of saying, repent and get on my face and say, Lord, what's going on in my life? And God would have restored that temple and won the victory. But instead, he went the opposite way. But his son came and took over. That's a picture of Adam and a picture of Christ. The first Adam failed, but the second Adam will never fail. Jesus loves us. Amen. What am I saying all this for? Because God wants to give you so much more than you want to receive. He wants to give you so much more. Because he says in Jude, build yourself up on your most holy folk by praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping in the love of God. Keeping in the love of God. One of the first things he does when you pray in the Spirit, he takes out the, the, the things in the temple that we've cut in pieces and puts back the true furniture where his love can manifest inside us. Hallelujah. This is the God of faith, the God of glory. Sometimes I think people talk to me about their problems and I think sometimes they think God doesn't know their problem. <laughs> God knows our problems. So right where you are, don't want to embarrass anyone, you can hit the lights. Don't want to embarrass anyone, but if you don't or you have not experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, just in your seat, if you have a friend next to you that knows you and that knows all about what you believe or that don't believe. But just, I just feel like there's a, the Holy Spirit showed me in the afternoon. Those are listening online. Put your hand on your heart. If you've got friends listening together, lay hands. We don't realize how many people watch this. But if you're right there and you have not experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, and you don't speak in tongues, I want your friend next to you, your partner, your cousins, your friend, whoever there, don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. This is not a time to be prideful. This is a time to receive what the Spirit of God has for you right now. As we read earlier, there's times to lay hands. There was times that supernaturally he did it just by the preach of the word. Peter preached, they received. Paul laid hands, they received. They were all in one accord, they received. I'm sorry if someone's mucked it up. I'm sorry if someone's perverted that gift. I'm sorry if someone's lied to you, but the Holy Spirit is not the liar. Jesus is real. And he wants to pour out His Spirit on all men and women. So if that's you, and there's no one next to you, I'm happy to come and lay hands. If Rabs is in the room, or Dorian in the room, or, or some of the ushers, I don't mind. But come in agreement. It's not about what we do. It's about what you believe. Touch your neighbor next to you. And receive what the Spirit of grace has for you right now. They're all together in one accord. The 120 in the upper room. And they received it by the grace of God. You can receive it right here, right now, where you are. It's not reliant on how good you are or how much you know. It's just reliant on faith. Believe. Hallelujah, Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you tonight. We thank you for your spirit tonight. 
Father, I'll ask you right now, for those who don't believe, that you would bring faith in their hearts right now. For those who have been talked out of it, that, Father, you would bring revelation of knowledge back into them. For those who think they're not worthy, you are worthy because of the blood. For those who have who are put conditions on the... on No, a gift is not conditional. A gift is free. Receive here the Holy Spirit. Blow on them the wind of God. The power of the Holy Spirit come upon them right now. We're not interested in religion. We're interested in relationship right now. Come on. The Bible says rivers of living water will flow from the belly. And you will speak with tongues that as the Spirit gives you the utterance. It's your gift. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord show me some people here. Come on. Receive that. They hear the Holy Spirit. Come on. Oh, my Babashi. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says that He does the baptizing, but you do the speaking. For those who think they're not worthy, the Bible says, if your son asks you for a bread, do you give him a snake? Or ask you for fish, do you give him a scorpion? And Jesus says this comment, freaks me out. And that, but those, you who are evil, give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly Father will give you the Holy Spirit if you ask Him? He says that we're evil and we'll give good gifts. How much more the Father will give you the Holy Spirit if you ask Him? So what's the, what's the, what's, what's the common denominator here? Ask Him. I receive by faith. Thank you, Father. Hey, mama, mama, mama. Oh, rivers of living water will flow. Thank you, Jesus. Just to yourself, open your mouth, whatever comes. First, it might be English, but I'd rather you just come and just speak the bubbling of the living water coming out of you. Lord, show me some people right now that are scared. Don't be scared. Receive now. Receive now. Receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You will receive it through the power of the Holy Spirit, and you can't, you can't accredit it to no man. It'll be you and the Holy Ghost. You speak tongues of angels. Tongues of angels. Some people, the gifts are going to be released. Some people in this room are going to start interpreting tongues. Some people are going to start prophesying and speaking. They're going to, God is building us up. Holy Spirit, have your way. It's a fresh touch. Thank you. Release. Release him. Thank you. Release it. Dare to believe. I often say this. You could be in the water, in a river, but standing. But when you let go, the river takes you where it wants to go. Let him take you where it wants to go. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Shari Bibiki. Shiri Mababa. Shira. Release him. Release him now. In the name of Jesus. Release him now. Speak. Speak. Whatever comes. Speak. Release that tongue. Don't be scared. Speak. Release. Release. It's for you. It's for you. Release. Release. Oh, God wants to touch some people tonight. Come on. Release. Thank you. Release. 
flow, 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 flow. Receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, film right now, Father. Come on, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Come on, dig in now. It's you and the Holy Ghost now. It's you and the Holy Ghost. Not about man, it's about God. Releasing, releasing, releasing now. In Jesus' name, releasing, Father. I thank you for his life. Thank you, Father. He's empowered by the Holy Ghost. Release him now. You are worthy because of the blood made you worthy. Receive, receive, receive. Go on. In Jesus, sorry, sorry. Sorry. There's a demon sitting right on your head. Sorry. Out you go right now. Sorry, bro. Jesus, right now. Release him. All things have passed away. Release him now. Release him now. Jesus name release him now receive 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 words that have been spoken over you I'm removed because of the blood what you've thought about yourself is no longer valid that's what Christ says about you I thank you father release him now all addictions broken off his life in Jesus name